Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy New Year's to you and yours from the Pats Interference Podcast brought to you by, you guessed it, FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. We are recording here Tuesday at lunchtime, typically a downtime for your boy because you get one off day a week during the regular season. That's just how the schedule goes. And I like to run errands, have my actual lunch, maybe go to the gym, uh, read a little bit. But today, in three conference calls with Patriots assistants, another weekly habit on Tuesday. Shout out to Doug Hyde for taking those off my plate most weeks. Gerard Mayo dropped the bomb on my downtime, (laughs) which honestly was gone anyway, because as you might have noticed, these are not normal times to begin with. The New England Patriots may have a new head coach for the first time in two and a half decades at this time uh, next week, or at least we'll need a new head coach. I don't know if it's going to happen. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But as for Gerard Mayo, who may indeed be the Patriots next head coach, he went after a report from the Boston Sports Journal's Greg Bedard that stated about a week and a half ago, Mayo has, quote, been rubbing people the wrong way, end quote, inside the Patriots building. And so my little plan of let's talk about the draft odds. Let's get to your mailback questions. Let's dabble in some future stuff, which we've really been doing for two and a half months and not dabbling, uh, goes out the window because I think it is imperative to start with Gerard Mayo here today, not only because he might become the new main character in this Patriots universe, which has really only been revolving again around Bill Belichick uh, and once Tom Brady for two and a half decades, But Belichick has been the only interesting character in this entire ensemble this season from a storyline, big picture standpoint. Again, people are not calling in to 98.5 The Sports Hub complaining about Devon Godshaw. Well, except for maybe that one time he told me that um, all of the receivers need to do their jobs. And I guess the defense has to hold uh, opponents to fewer than six points. But aside from that, Bill is everything here in New England. And Gerard Mayo speaking out in a way I have never heard a Patriots coach naturally caught my eye. So let's get to these comments because again, Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal claims multiple people inside the building says Gerard has been rubbing people the wrong way. That was the allegation. So in his 12 minute Zoom or whatever it was today, Gerard took over three minutes, over 700 words. And if you're into this stuff, almost 4,000 characters, according to my word counter, wordcounter.net. So what I'm going to do is read for you those answers so you hear word for word what Gerard has to say. I'm going to give you my analysis. We will go to the NFL draft odds and then mailbag and get out of here. Later this week, you will get a preview of Pat's Jets. Um, sorry for the folks who are still 
looking for my film notes. They're on bostonherald.com, as I say every week. We're not going to spend time covering film from a loss that drops the team to 4-12. and 12. Um, And so, Gerard's comments. Quote, question from Karen Garrigan uh, asking about the report. What was his response? Gerard said, quote, I appreciate you asking that. You know, honestly, I try to stay out of reading a lot of the articles and things during the year. And honestly, when that report came out, you know, my brother sent it to me. It was more hurtful than anything. I found it to be, well, the timing is a little bit weird in my opinion. And if that was the case, I feel like this is, would have leaked sometime earlier. At the same time, I try to treat everyone in the same way. And I will say this. I've thought about it for a while. When people talk about rubbing people the wrong way, like obviously sometimes that's part of the job of being a leader, to rub people the wrong way. And I always try to be constructive and respectful in my feedback. Pause. He goes on. And I would say anytime there's change, this is interesting, or anything like that, it's going to be painful. If someone's going to rub you the wrong way at the end of the day, you have to look through all the words and really get to the substance, the meat and potatoes of what that person's trying to say. So this triggered an opportunity for self-deflection. And we all have blind spots, and maybe that's one of my blind spots. But you know, at the end of the day, hopefully whoever put that story out is man or woman enough to bring it to my attention to have a conversation. Um, I don't have Greg's response. He was not on that call. I believe he does uh, 98.5 on Tuesday. So maybe you can see what he said over there. But two questions later, Mayo was asked for a follow-up about how he just basically processed that report in the moment and what seems to have gotten over it. Again, this is this is not only just a coach responding to a report. It's saying this is hurtful. He reflected and get a load of this. Again, abbreviated for clarity and, and brevity. Quote, I went through the whole emotional just like cycle. First of all, being angry. Angry at the point where, you know, I felt like I always treat people the same. I haven't really changed in that regard. And at the end of the day, though, some people are going to like you and some people aren't. And I'm okay with that. Then from a coaching perspective, I only want people around me that are going to tell me the truth. I don't want to be trapped in an echo chamber or things like that because we all have blind spots. But you would hope that through building relationships that people would be very open about it, having these one-on-one conversations. And honestly, when those sources come out, it's like you look around and say, who would say something like that? But at the end of the day, it is what it is. And I've taken that in and tried to absorb it. I went through the whole emotional roller coaster and I'm trying to push forward. So again, those are all of Gerard Mayo's words. I abbreviated them. I tweeted out the full transcript. You can find it in the bostonherald.com. What does it all mean? Well, again, first of all, this is what you should want as a fan. It's what I want as a reporter. Open, honest, thoughtful answers. Not things that are going to make you feel good. Not things that are going to lead you astray or waste any of our time. What do you think, Gerard Mayo? Because only Gerard Mayo knows the answer to that question. He told you in great detail not only what he thought of the report, but how it made him feel, what he did in the moment, and then after. So that's an answer that, again, I don't think you've ever heard from Gerard Mayo, who's generally more personable uh, with the media. But that's what you want. This was a good thing, even if ultimately this is going to be a footnote in the story of the 2023 Patriots. Number two, again, Mayo is typically the most personable and likable among the assistants when they talk to the media. What is this worth? Really nothing. I mean, this is just points with fans that don't put points on the scoreboards. Um, but by comparison, he gives more thoughtful, open answers. He's not going to give you the game plan. Nobody should. No one also asks for that ever. Okay. And today, even within that context of Gerard being a little bit, you know, more forthcoming and a little more smiley, he was, I think, leaning into it a little extra today. 
And I think that's smart for someone, again, who understands he might be Bill Belichick's successor. It's someone who's giving his final interview on the record as a Patriots assistant this season. Okay? So just keep that in mind. Gerard is a very smart guy that comes to football. It goes with handling the media. I'm not going to say he was playing grab ass with us today, um, but it's just something to keep in the back of your mind. Now, number three, I have said on 98.5 The Sports Hub, um, when I asked about this report, that I had not heard of Gerard rubbing people the wrong way. What I had heard, though, is that he'd acted a little bit different this year and that two people couldn't quite place it when describing this to me. But they just said he's got a different air about him. OK. And my response to those sources and then on the air five was, well, duh, the man had a press release put out by his boss to announce not a new contract, but a negotiation last January. Again, not a contract. Just a negotiation. Robert Kraft thought it's so important to say to the world, we are trying to keep our linebackers coach, but we haven't yet. We're just in the process of it. Why? Well, of course he sees Gerard as more than just a linebackers coach. He is on the record. We talked about this last week, saying he thinks Mayo has no ceiling as a head coach. And again, we've all been surmising, projecting. People inside the building have told me, I think that's Gerard's successor. Things change at 4-12, and 12, probably, maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. But since then... When he did get the new contract and everything was signed and the ink dried, Dried's gotten more money. He's gotten more access. He has a new deal, security, and possibly the pronouncement of being the next head coach, his dream job. So, of course, you are going to live life a little bit differently when all of that change sweeps through. Now, number four, and this is probably most important. What Gerard did today, again, I think should be appreciated. You want to know what he thinks? You should know about the people that you're rooting for. Certainly in my job covering, that's that's the gig. But this is not a good media approach long term for a head coach. You cannot respond to every report, however personal it might be all the time. It is a waste of your time. It creates distractions. But I think there is a balance between what Belichick has done his entire career, which is just saying I'm focused on the Jets and focused on the Jets and focused on the Jets. Okay. And what Gerard did, because I think the timing of this, as Gerard pointed out, not only of the report, which I think is a fair one by him, the timing of his response is something we have to keep in mind. Because school's about to be out, guys. Okay? Gerard, if he doesn't want to, is not going anywhere. And it seems, as we've talked about 50 million times, he might get a promotion. And as I wrote Sunday at the bottom of my column, looking ahead, being like, okay, where are we going to be New Year's Eve 2024, looking ahead to 2025? Multiple Patriots assistants are in contract years. So he's upset by this report. He looks at those on staff and goes, players don't do this. Players love me. And I've been treating them the same way because I'm good at it. So it must have been one of you. And if you're out the door anyway, well, I'm going to tell you how I feel through the media because you started this talking to Greg, allegedly, with this report. And so, yeah, this is probably all hot air and a lot of drama. And will this be every Mayo press conference if he takes over as head coach? Hell no. But do I wish it would be? Oh yeah, this was fun. This was a very different Tuesday and good for Gerard. I think this is a win for fans. And uh, again, it made lunchtime on a Tuesday a whole lot more interesting. So it used to be that the Patriots played their best football after Thanksgiving. Well, I'm here to tell you, we don't have to wait for turkey and mashed potatoes and football for you to win and place your best bets of the year with FanDuel America's number one sports book because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks with a single bet if the team that you pick wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, 
I'm telling you, there's no better time than now to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. I do it all the time. There's a wide range of options, too, if you don't like betting options, like the money line. That's for me. If it's not for you, go for point spreads, player props, over-unders, and tons more. Just visit FanDuel.com Boston and get your winning in the NFL season, no matter what the Patriots do. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21-year-older and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager is required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org. Call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Okay, on to the draft. This is where we stand going into week 18. Patriots are scheduled to pick third behind uh, the Bears, who via Carolina, and just the owner who keeps on giving. Like, I don't think he, David Tepper has any more toes left because of how many he's just shot off. Uh, the Panthers, who traded this year's pick and last year's deal to move up to number one, take Bryce Young, gave the Bears their pick. Carolina should be picking number one. Chicago is. Washington is scheduled to pick number two. They're four and 12, just like the Patriots, who are scheduled to pick third. The Cardinals after them, okay? In the draft, tiebreakers for non-conference teams with identical records, like the Patriots and Commanders, and the Patriots and Cardinals, are in order. And please remember these, because I swear 12% of my mentions are people just asking what the tiebreakers are. I had to Google them just as you did. I know win-loss record, okay, and then you get into some divisional and conference stuff. But if we're in this scenario, AFC team, NFC team, you go to strength of schedule, then head-to-head record, if applicable, and best win-loss percentage in common games with a minimum of four. Okay, so the Patriots, Commanders, and Cardinals are all 4-12. and 12. The Patriots did not play Arizona this season, but they did lose to the Commanders 22-17. to 17. So why aren't they second and the Commanders third? Well, Washington strength of schedule, the first tiebreaker in that order for non-conference teams with identical records, Washington strength of schedule is just a tiny bit worse at .515. Their opponents have won 51.5% of their games. Patriots opponents have won 51.8%. So Washington wins a tiebreaker of strength of schedule, which comes before head-to-head. Arizona is at 0.562. They're at fourth. That's where they're going to stay, so long as they lose. So with one game left, here's what it means looking ahead. The Patriots, if they lose, will clinch a top three pick regardless. Full stop, lose, you get the number two pick or the number three pick. That's it. Arizona cannot leap you, especially if they win. If they lose... That gap in strength of schedule is too big. If the Patriots win, however, and they are favored to beat the Jets, okay, they are likely to pick outside the top three, but no further than fifth. ESPN's FPI gives the Patriots a 99.9% chance at a top five pick. Pretty good. Technically, they could still fall to six and seven. It would take a miracle upon miracle to make that happen. So, again, we're looking at, if you're the Patriots, the number two, three, four, five pick, most likely, it's probably three, four, or five. Because, again, there are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Jets via FanDuel. As for Washington, they are massive home dogs to the Cowboys, who, if they win, Dallas will clinch the NFC's title and the number two seed or three seed in the NFC. Basically, they really want to win Washington by trading two of their best defensive players all the way back in October have made it clear they do not. Thirteen-and-a-half-point uh, underdogs, I personally would just forget about this Washington game. Arizona, however, three-point home underdog versus Seattle in their finale. So, root for the Patriots to win or lose. However makes you feel best, go with that. I'm not going to tell you there. 
I would tell you, though, you are rooting for the Commanders to win, pull off a miracle. You are rooting for the Cardinals to win, and that being much more likely. And for tiebreaker purposes, again, if the Patriots and Commanders end up with the same record after their regular season finales, these are the teams that will help break that tie and vault the Patriots to a higher pick over Washington. They are Atlanta, Baltimore, Chicago, Denver, and Houston. So again, to recap, if the Patriots lose, they'll get the second or third pick. That's it. If they win, it'll probably be third through fifth, likely fourth or fifth. And to get the higher pick of whatever might be possible there, you're rooting for the Cardinals and the Commanders, but again, forget them. Then Atlanta, Baltimore, Chicago, Denver, and Houston. You're A, B, C, D, H. That's it. Any more questions? Um, just fill more of my mentions with tiebreaker questions on, on X uh, or threads where I'm also uh, trying to be a little bit more consistent. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay, as promised, the mailbag. We'll do these questions and get out of here. Corey, we're going rapid fire. Uh, if Mayo is the next head coach, do you see Cummington being the top candidate for D coordinator, either working with Steve Belichick, unless Steve leaves with uh, Bill? Uh, could Covington do the job by himself? Yes, I do. I think if Gerard is the head coach, he's obviously going to keep the system in place. He's going to want to keep assistants that he trusts. Everything I've heard about Covington is two thumbs up. He interviewed for the Cardinals defensive coordinator job, uh, which is someone who would never work with Jonathan Gannon. And, 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 you know, Covington's a minority candidate. Might have been Arizona checking a box. I don't know that for a fact. But what I do know about DeMarcus is he's incredibly highly regarded for his work ethic, his intelligence, his ability to communicate and relate to players. He knows the defense top to bottom. So wherever he, he ends up, it sounds like that team, probably the Patriots, will be lucky to have him. Andy Hart, what's up, of WEI is asking Kevin Harris with his buys and thighs. Uh, could he be a backup running back next year? Hell yeah. I like what I've seen from Kevin Harris. I think he's probably more of the goal line back still because he's getting caught from behind in these 48 yard screen passes, which is a great play against Buffalo. But what I really want is to have an annual award for a Patriots player where we do the media good guy went to David Andrews this year. I presented it to him. David's a great guy earned it probably earned it a couple of years ago. I want the Andy Hart buys and thighs trophy to go to players who show off up top and down below. Um, I might want that wording back. <laughs> and uh, Andy, if you're up for it, you can present it and maybe we'll give it to Kevin Harris as he's rushing for 300 yards as the backup. Robert's asking, Robert O'Brien, uh, will the Patriots look for a new kicker in the offseason? Yes, there, there's going to be a competition. There's no way you have a kicker who makes 70% or less than 70% of his field goals and don't bring in someone new. I don't know if they will um, take the job from Chad Ryland, but I do know he will have to prove that he deserves it next season. Mace Quote, why does anyone think uh, Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy is anything more than a better-looking Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones is catching straights on a Patriots podcast, not for his ability to quarterback, but just for what the mirror shows him when he's looking dead ahead. I don't think Daniel Jones would be that uh, bad-looking. Anyway, I've watched uh, McCarthy play football and do a, a bare minimum to allow as much better teammates carry Michigan to wins against ranked opponents, beat Alabama in the college football playoff. I feel like I'm being gaslit. So... Danny Kelly, NFL draft expert from the ringer was on this podcast and just started describing JJ McCarthy in a way 
that reminded me of Mac Jones so strongly. I had to stop him mid-sentence. <laughs> so I don't think J.J. McCarthy, based on his tools and based on the, the, the very limited I've seen, I will have my definitive draft takes and analysis and breakdowns much later when I get to watch these guys and study them, as you would hope at home that I did before firing off takes. I would just say, I, like you, Mace, am not impressed from the little I've seen by McCarthy as a long-term uh, starter. I did joke about this at like 1 a.m. that whoever wins between him and Michael Penix and the National Championship doesn't just get the title, they get the Patriots starting job. That was not a serious tweet. But I'm with you. I, I, I don't think you can make an argument for him preliminarily over, you know, Jaden Daniels or Caleb Williams or Drake May or Michael Penix. He's QB5 or below. Let's everyone take a breather. Jordan, uh, quote, it's known Robert Kraft didn't hire Belichick in 97 because he wanted to completely separate from Parcells in the entire program. Would Robert Kraft feel the same way about Mayo when it comes to Belichick? Had things gotten so bad that he wants a complete reset? No, but he might feel that way about the front office. I don't know anything uh, for certain in that regard, but that's where the biggest issues are and have been. I think he would certainly look to shake up their systems and processes just that have led to just some of the worst drafts we've seen from any franchise over the last 10 years. Ed, well, this is big. Quote, you've been put in charge of the Patriots, meaning me. What changes do you make to correct this mess of a team? Ed, how much time do you have, sir? Because I do not have very much. Um, I will say this, because I, I said it on TV last night on Boston Sports Tonight. I, I do believe it's in the best interest of the Patriots to move on from Bill Belichick. This is in no way personal, like, I appreciate the folks who think my life is so great that I don't have much bigger problems than Bill Belichick being gruff in a press conference and that that somehow makes me upset enough to ask for his firing. No, I just look at the record. Okay. 29-37 over the last four seasons, the drafts where they've not hit on a first round pick because we're just going to hit pause on Christian Gonzalez, who's only played three and a half games. They have not hit on a first round pick since Dante Hightower in 2012. And I look at the lack of spending and the offense that stunk for three of the last four years and no playoff wins in the last five years. And no one survives this. It's a results business. You get in it to get fired. And that's what I would do is, is to part ways, find the best way to do that amicably with Belichick, and then open up a full coaching search. Mayo is definitely included in there. And that, that's all I can say because there's there's a lot to go. And we got a, we got a whole offseason. I can't blow all my uh, podcast content. Last one. Uh, Mac Jones, Tank Commander. Why does Boston media want Bill Belichick fired? The way the defense is playing with multiple starters down to injury should be enough to keep him around, right? Uh, No, because the bar is not playing decent defense, even though a bunch of guys are injured. And they've been playing very strong, good defense. It's still not a top five defense. And the bar, more importantly, is to win games. And as I just said in my last answer, 29 and 37, poor drafting, no playoff wins in five years, one playoff appearance in four years. Um, It's... They've lost 12 games. They're in last place for the first time since 2000. It, again, it's not personal for me. I just think this is a team that needs a reset. And I think if you allow Mayo to grow into the role next year and beyond, you know, I, I would trust Robert Kraft's judgment when it comes to head coaches. Again, the list is Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. Two guys are going to the Hall of Fame. You know, the other thing I'll say is this, and then we'll jump off. I, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be speaking to in, into a wall here. When you talk about Boston media and sports media, I understand not everyone is going to like maybe even half of people in that group. It's it's the easiest layup in the world to say negative things about the media. And when we bring you bad news, definitely people are inclined to shoot the messenger. I would just ask you at home to separate folks like myself who uh, report. Obviously, I have my opinions. You're listening to some of them here from people who talk on the radio for a living, people who do TV 
for a living, people who don't report, people who just show up and write and don't bother to dig in and find sources and stay up at 1 a.m. for phone calls to get a little extra information so we can drop a nugget on a podcast or in his column. Because I've been very clear with you about my feelings here, you know, and separating them from what I think is in the best interest of the franchise versus just how I go about my day-to-day job. So there is no consensus. These are different people with different opinions and different beliefs and backgrounds, just like any group of people you would find anywhere. And so they would all feel differently. There is no universal opinion about Bill Belichick should be fired or I want him fired. or I think it's best for them to fire him. Chad Finn of the Boston Globe is on the record. Bill Simmons, godfather of maybe Boston sports media or outsider father of the Boston sports media, also wants to keep Bill Belichick. So I'll leave it there. Um, Thank you for listening. We will be back later this week. The episode should drop Thursday or Friday. I know the schedule has been a little bit wonky. Uh, as of late, but we will get back on track. And then the Patriots season finale against the Jets. Is this the end for Bill Belichick? We don't know yet, but we should find out soon.